Welcome back to Sideline Exposure. I'm your host, Mitchell Crossan. We are talking Peach Bowl, the second of the two college football playoff semifinal games that we've yet to talk about. We talked Michigan TCU last week, Ohio State, Georgia this week. Let's start off with this. Initial thoughts when I saw Ohio State backdoor their way into the playoff. As an Ohio State fan myself, you go, well, we're in. It's really a sense of relief. Now, Ohio State needed some help, right? They needed Clemson to lose. They needed USC to lose. They got the help that they needed. And it's not that Ohio State necessarily deserved to make the playoff. They just needed the help from other teams to lose. And that's exactly what they got. Now, with that being said, Ohio State does have quality wins over Penn State, which is actually a pretty good win. Penn State only lost twice this year, both to playoff teams, Michigan and Ohio State. And Ohio State beat Penn State on the road. It's, you know, hard to win, Happy Valley. And then they also beat Notre Dame week one, which people were kind of trashing that win for Ohio State early on in the season. Then Notre Dame started to turn around a little bit. Notre Dame beat Clemson, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, that's actually a quality win for Ohio State. So their resume wasn't awful, but it wasn't strong enough to bump them over someone else without USC or a team like that losing. For Georgia, we're talking the Peach Bowl. This is in Atlanta, so this is more or less a home game for the Bulldogs. Georgia's been the number one team all year really hasn't been much of a threat to that you know Michigan beat Ohio State in Columbus some people thought Michigan deserved based off that performance to secure that number one spot but Georgia still held true defending national champs they got some weapons of course they lost a lot of guys at least defensively to the NFL draft last year but they got some dudes on that team they have some guys defensively Jalen Carter guys that can hit you offensively Brock Bowers those tight ends are good Stetson Bennett while he's not going to put up monster numbers necessarily he only has I think around 20 touchdown passes this year but he's pretty smart with the ball in his hands he doesn't turn over the ball too much and Georgia in general Kirby Smart well-run program obviously national champs last year so they know what they're doing but just a tough tough team very talented team they have recruited extremely well and you just look at what they have when it comes to their pieces, especially on offense. They're probably not going to drop 50 on you, but they are efficient. They're going to utilize their skill guys, which for them, their skill guys are their tight ends. And speaking of their skill guys, Brock Bowers is just an absolute freak of nature at tight end. I think he ran, let's see here, he had a 40-yard dash clocked at 4.5. I mean, that's fast for a tight end. He has a 40-inch vert. He's 6'4", 240. He's built well. He can move well. They will bring him on jet sweep. He'll take take it to the house, 75-yard rush for touchdowns. He has multiple rushing touchdowns this year. And it's pretty clear when you watch Georgia play or look at the numbers that that's who they want to go to. They want to go to Brock Bowers, but they also want to go to their running backs, tight ends. They don't have wide receivers that I think can truly threaten you on the outside or really threaten you at all in the receiving game. So if you look at the numbers here, Brock Bowers leads the team in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. 52 receptions, 726 yards, 6 touchdowns. And let's see, there are two tight ends in the top four when it comes to receiving production for Georgia. There's also a running back in there. So three out of the top four 
when it comes to receiving production, you look at the numbers, only one of them is a wide receiver. So the point is, and you know this, but when you watch Georgia, they are utilizing their tight ends and their running backs. Now, that's key in this game, not only because that's what Georgia wants to do, and that's their MO, but also because Ohio State and their pass defense, we know it's bad, but their corner play is bad when they have receivers, when the opposing team has receivers that can threaten them. Ohio State's passing defense is better, or I should say not as bad, when it comes to defending running backs and tight ends. They went up against Michael Mayer in Notre Dame week one and really didn't allow him to do anything. What Jim Knowles has brought to Ohio State is a aggressive, safety-driven defense, right? You see three safeties on the field, and you see that a lot with Ohio State. Now, we know that the last two games the Buckeyes have played on the road against Maryland at home versus Michigan, both Maryland and Michigan lit up Ohio State in the secondary with big plays. Maryland was killing Ohio State's secondary in that second half, and that was a game, ladies and gentlemen, and that was where... Look, Ohio State fans were concerned about their pass defense because the cornerback play has been bad all year. The corner, or excuse me, the safeties look at guys like the transfer Tanner McAllister, Josh Proctor, Lathan Ransom, Ronnie Hickman. You have some really solid guys back there. Ronnie Hickman is a very solid, good player. Lathan Ransom has a couple blocked punts this year. And Tanner McAllister was the transfer from Oklahoma State that came along with Jim Knowles. So you have what is essentially a coach on the field. Now that was maybe a little bit more valuable in the offseason than early on this season when the players were still trying to get used to this new scheme. Now there are some things that they're still working on, and I'm sure there may be some things that Jim Knowles has schemed up that he hasn't shown on film yet, but still valuable to have that, that coach-like player on the field. On the flip side of the ball for both teams, Georgia defensively pretty solid. They lost, it felt like a million guys to the NFL draft last year, had a historically great defense, which was obviously, you know, the thing that was propelling them to that national championship game. They did give up some points last year to Alabama. Obviously the explosiveness in the SEC championship last year to Jameson Williams and Bryce Young, that connection, that hurt them a little bit. So you know that Ohio State's going to want to try to hit their skill guys over the middle, C.J. Stroud to Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm sure we'll see that throughout the game. But for Georgia, Jalen Carter, that interior defensive line is going to be a problem. I'm not terribly concerned about Georgia's edge rushers if I'm Ohio State. I don't think that they're not good. I just think their best, Georgia's best, when it comes to their defensive line is that interior. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. Jalen Carter's a monster, and I think Ohio State's going to have a tough time defending him. Ohio State's tackles have been pretty good this year. Paris Johnson, uh, left tackle, has been really, really solid. Going to be a first-round pick for Ohio State. Juwan Jones on the other side has been solid. Offensive line hasn't been perfect for the Buckeyes. They haven't so much struggled with protection stuff or protection issues with C.J. Stroud. I will say a quick note here on C.J. Stroud. He does a really good job throwing on the run, extending plays. We saw that earlier this year especially in that Notre Dame game, running to the sideline, completing a pass, throwing it in a tight window's accuracy is very, very good. But when pressure is affecting him from the middle, from that interior defensive line, that's when you see CJ kind of, I don't want to say panic, maybe is the right word, but we'll go with that for now. And I think if you're Georgia, you don't want to let CJ Stroud sit back there and let him pick you apart with his skill players. But you provide some pressure from Jalen Carter, maybe hit some stunts, whatever, get that interior defensive line pressure, and you get in the middle of C.J. Stroud's face. Iowa did that, right? You saw him get blown up. 
Michigan did that a couple times. So that interior pressure for Georgia, I think, is going to be key. To finish out on Ohio State's offensive line really quickly, when it comes to running the ball, that running game has struggled at times throughout the year. Ohio State will be without, I guess we'll call it running back one. I mean, they've gone back and forth with the running backs this year. So Ohio State's health at running back has been a major concern this entire season. They lost Evan Pryor, who was running back number three in the offseason. I think he tore his ACL. He had a season-ending injury before they kicked off against Notre Dame, so he's been out. And you think to yourself, okay, well, we still have our top two running backs, Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, but of course, if one of those two guys gets hurt, now you're kind of concerned, but it's only our third-string running back, um, although they were looking forward to utilizing Evan Pryor, who was looking pretty good in the spring game a couple months back. But Travion Henderson is out. He's not going to play. Mayan Williams has been banged up throughout the year. Trey's been banged up throughout the year. They've given true freshman down Hayden LaRock a lot. I think he had 150 rushing yards against Maryland. They have a transfer, Chip Trainum, who ran the ball at Arizona State. He's kind of like a freak athlete. They brought him over here to the Buckeyes to play linebacker. But since the running back room has been so depleted, they moved him over to running back and had him carry the ball against Michigan, which he actually looked pretty good. I think the guy's just a stud. He's just, he physically looks the part. He's just a gamer. He's a ball player. And of course, having history of running the football helps. But Ohio State's running back concern was a major issue. And the running game never really got going, maybe because of the offensive line at times. But also, it felt like Ryan Day was trying to force some stretch run plays. It wasn't, you know, bouncing outside. They weren't getting the edge. But when you also don't have a healthy running back that can cut back and hit a hole, that creates a problem as well. So you're going to be without Trey. You do get Mayan Williams back, who's more of a, a bowling ball, right? He doesn't have the game-breaking speed that Travion Henderson has in space, but Mayan is definitely a quality back. So after having some time to sit on this matchup, think about this game, look at the numbers. As an Ohio State fan, I think I feel a little bit better about this matchup against Georgia, but I still don't feel great. My initial thought when the Buckeyes made the playoff was, okay, wow, they definitely backdoored their way in. Thank you, Utah, for winning the Pac-12. But Ohio State, play loose, play fast, play free. You're playing with house money. Who cares if you go out there and you flop? Like, if you try to be aggressive, but you were overly aggressive, whatever, that's fine. You just don't want Ohio State to, I don't know, like, it feels like the last couple games, just with some of the play calling, some of the, the passiveness, I mean, utilize your stars. Lean on your stars. Let C.J. Cook to Marvin Harrison Jr., right? I mean, you, you saw what JTT did against Penn State. Now it's hard to tell a guy, hey, go replicate, you know, pick six, multiple interceptions, sacks, tip passes. But the point is you have to lean on your five stars. Let your stars win this game. And I think offensively, lean on these guys. Lean on Marvin Harrison Jr. Lean on C.J. Stroud. I think you're going to have to throw the ball a lot more often than you have to run. Probably for every two or three passes for Ohio State, there's one run mixed in there. If CJ throws the ball 40 times and has two picks because of it, whatever, that's fine. I'll live with that because he may also have like six or seven absolute dimes or four touchdown passes to Marvin Harrison Jr., whatever. Utilize Marvin Harrison, utilize CJ Stroud, and I say let them cook. I want to give some further thoughts on Georgia before I guess I'll throw out a score prediction to end the podcast. I think Jalen Carter defensively is a big problem. I, I like Georgia's safeties. They're aggressive, right? We've seen them make some good plays in the ball this year. I don't think they're going to make it easy. I mean, of course, they're not going to make it easy on C.J. Stroud. You did see Georgia give up 
some yards through the air against LSU. And I think there is a little bit of a recipe to success that Ohio State can find within the SEC championship game. Georgia's not invincible. Georgia felt, in my opinion, a little bit more invincible last year, but then we saw the armor crack against Alabama in the SEC championship. Georgia this year has looked really good, and they are the defending national champs. They're going to Atlanta to play them in the Peach Bowl. Stetson Bennett is a very solid player. I don't think he's going to make a lot of mistakes unless he feels uncomfortable. If he's uncomfortable, if Ohio State's defensive line, Zach Harrison, JT, if those guys are in his face, then I think you can start to see Stetson Bennett maybe make some mistakes, miss some throws. But Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, those tight ends, I am concerned. I am concerned that I'm going to see Georgia hit Brock Bowers with a jet sweep on the first play of the game. You're going to take it 65 yards, or he's just going to house it early on. That's just the vibe that I'm getting, and I think Georgia's dangerous in that aspect because I think Ohio State would know that it's coming, and they still might not be able to stop it. So this could be one of those games where you know Georgia wins 33-16, but maybe the, the score isn't a true indicator on how much Georgia dominates the game. I don't know if that's my actual prediction. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. I think Georgia, you could see them not jump out to a fast start then take their foot off the gas but you see them control this game kind of like the game against Tennessee that's a game that Georgia won 27-13 so it's a 14 point win but they were they, they put that game away early on Georgia had 14 in the first quarter 10 in the second quarter so they were up 24 to 6 at halftime and they only scored three points in the second half but also Tennessee didn't score a touchdown until the fourth quarter and that was the only points they scored in the second half so it could have that kind of feel to this game. And that could be a solid comparison. I haven't looked at the comparison of Tennessee and Ohio State too much, but you're looking at teams where primarily they want to score points and they want to hit you with that avalanche of points that they're very good at. Defensively, they have shown to be liabilities. I would take Ohio State's defense over Tennessee's defense, even with the deficiency that Ohio State's passing defense has shown us. But that could be just one example of what could come I do like a little bit better I will say I, I, I do like Ohio State's pass defense when it comes to covering one tight end like the Michael Mayer thing in Notre Dame now that you have Brock Bowers who is a different matchup I think than a Michael Mayer and you have Darnell Washington and Georgia likes to utilize those guys they have packages for those guys that's my concern so really Georgia Jalen Carter Brock Bowers obviously those are their stars but that's a major concern for Ohio State. Okay, score prediction. I don't want to get caught up in this Georgia-Tennessee game, but I just feel like I could see it playing out in a similar fashion. Now, Tennessee only scored six points in the first half. Is Ohio State going to be held to six points? Man, I don't know if I trust Georgia's defense that much. I think Ryan Day and Ohio State are going to scheme some stuff up. Ryan Day said they're going to be aggressive. I believe him. I think they're going to come out with some, maybe not trick plays, but they're going to be creative, maybe have some throwbacks to their tight end, Kate Stover, some screens, things like that. And I do think they will have times or points in the game where they lean on Marvin Harrison Jr. And honestly, those plays, CJ throws it to Marvin, and Marvin comes down with some crazy catch. That has worked, even against a pretty good secondary like a team with Penn State. So with all that being said, and I don't feel that confident about this, guys, to be honest with you. But I'll, th I'll throw something out there. I'll go Georgia, Georgia 28, Ohio State 16. So 
yeah, of course, a really similar score to 27-13, Georgia over Tennessee. But, you know, that that high 20s range, I could even see low 30s. I could even see Georgia scoring like 33, maybe even 35. I don't, I don't think they're going to blow the top off Ohio State's defense. Now, I didn't think Michigan was going to do that throughout the year. So, of course, I could be wrong. This remains to be seen. This high 20s, low 30s feels right for Georgia. Ohio State, man. You know, if you tell me 16, I would say that feels a little bit low. But again, and I actually haven't talked about this yet on this episode, Ohio State is without Jackson Smith and Jigba, their best receiver coming into this season. Now, he's been banked up throughout the year. He had the hamstring injury against Notre Dame, which unfortunately I saw it in person. Rip. And then he kept hurting it, you know, throughout the couple games, tried to play against like Toledo and Iowa, I think, and is now officially entering the draft and not playing. People forget how valuable Jackson Smith and Jigba is, and I think Ohio State's going to see how much that can hurt them in this game against Georgia. As great as Marvin Harrison Jr. is, and as great as JSN is, it's the power of having two really, really elite weapons that makes Ohio State dangerous. If you add Jackson Smith and Jigba, and if he's available to play in this game, if you're Georgia, you just can't double. Or if you want to double, you know, double one of the two, that'll leave the other guy open. So as good as it is to have the production of a healthy and available JSN, it's also helpful to have him because that means, hell, if you're going to cover or double cover him, Marvin Harrison Jr. or someone else is going to be open. In this case, I think we're, we're, we're going to see, I think, Georgia put a safety on the top of Marvin Harrison Jr. so that Ohio State can't hit him big. And then you're going to have to lean on their other wide receivers, Julian Fleming, Emeka Buka. And those guys are solid. They've flashed at times this year. Emeka's had a great season, but they're not on the level of JSN. And I do think that's going to hurt Ohio State's offense. Okay, so that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can follow us on our social medias at Silent Exposure on everything except Silent Expose on Twitter. We're excited for this game. We're excited for some of the other bowl games like the Orange Bowl with Tennessee Clemson. I know both those teams aren't at their full strength, but that will still be an interesting matchup. Of course, Michigan and TCU all watch, and then Georgia, Ohio State, I feel will be a pretty, pretty solid game. Thanks for joining us. See you guys next week, and as always, go Bucks.